get started with the uh, sheer part of the program over here. Well, everyone uh, just puts their food together, enjoys their food. And uh, we are returning on our Sunday morning breakfast and learn program, Keep It Up the Aim. We saw some interesting halachas this morning. Let's just go through a few very interesting um, applications and ramifications of what we learned. We had over here um, in uh, Sif Tess, a concept of kibbutz of aim after the departure of the dearly departed. There's a concept of kibbutz of aim after 120. A person still chayv and kibbutz of aim. So what does that mean exactly? They do kibbutz of aim after 120. The kibbutz of aim is about giving them food, giving them drink, getting them dressed, getting them in, getting them out. What is the kibbutz of aim after the parents has gone to the island of Emes? So the mechaber gives us one application, and that's really comes from the Gemara, you say, Hareni kaparis mishkavoy. We'll get to that in a moment. But Lamaisa, there are other areas where you find kibbutz of aim, even la'achar moisa, which are not brought down here in Shulchan Aruch, but you find them scattered in other places in halacha, a concept of, and everyone's parents should be gazunt and shtark till 120, but the concept of doing kibbutz of aim after 120 does show up in other places outside what the Mechaber says. So first of all, it's the very concept of avelus altogether. Sitting shiva, shloishim, um, the, the year, the first year, all these halachas are always presented under the, the, uh, the, the guise and the, 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 the getter of kibbutz of aim. This is, an, you know, just um, sitting shiva for one's parents. Rachmanul Islam, after 120, that's kibbutz of aim. You're being mechabedem by, by taking, uh, you know, take, taking a week out of your life to do nothing, just to sit and mourn. And the halachas and minhagim of during the year itself, Davening for the Ahmed, that's Kibbutz of Aim. Saying Kaddish, that's Kibbutz of Aim. Kibbutz of Aim is Mechaev Kaddish. Kibbutz of Aim is Mechaev Davening for the Ahmed during the, uh, uh, the year of a person being uh, in Avelus, a Chiv for, for one's parents. Again, Shalaineda, Rahman Laslan, but these are all applications of Kibbutz of Aim. In fact, there's a Shailan Halacha. What happens if the parent tells you before their departure, they say, you know, I don't want you to have to say Kaddish for me. I don't want to be Matriach you, and it's so hard having to daven with a minion. Feel a bit sebor, maybe uncomfortable. I'm Michael on the Kaddish. So generally, a parent is able to be Michael on his covered. So we saw, talked about, you know, a parent letting his child sit in their seat and not having to stand up for them. We talked about that last week. A parent could be Michael on that. When it comes to Kaddish and Tfilah B'Tzibur, you actually don't listen to this Mechila. It's the right thing for the, for the child to do that after the passing, on, uh, after 120 of the parents. Even if the parent says, I don't want you to, have to, say, I don't want you to say Kaddish, the, parent, the child says Kaddish anyway. But again, not because Shulchan Aruch says so, but because Keep it of aim over here. We override the request of the parent. We say, you know, the parent probably has having second thoughts right now. Is having charato a little bit on that request. So it's my 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 here to be mechaber them according to what they really want right now. So that that's an example of kibud of aim. Um, also brought down in kibud of aim after the, the the lifetime of the parents is 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 is, is over is the idea of naming children after one's parents and grandparents. Um, that's also an aspect of kibbutz of aim. When after 120, a person has a child to name, and they have. Sometimes it happens that you know, uh, again, Rachman al-Islam, someone can be a yasim, have lost a, a, a mother or a father, and still be having their own kids. Naming a child after one's parents that is brought down as a, a form of kibbutz of aim. And again, let's say someone when they're having their, their own babies, the parents are gesund and stark till 120. So what do you do? 
naming after grandparents is also Kibbut Avim. Well, as we'll see as we go through the halachas, we're going to encounter the halacha of Kibbut Avim by, by Zayda, by Ababa, by grandparents. There's Kibbut Avim by Avi Imoy, Avi Aviv, Avi Imoy, Aim Aviv, Aim Imoy. So um, naming after one's grandparents is also a form of Kibbut Avim. So that's another way uh, and another example of Kibbut Avim after the departure of the parents. Um, there's one other very interesting halacha that's brought down, which is uh, given as an example uh, of kibbutz of aim after the departure of the parents, and that is naming a sefer after one's parents. This is something that's, that's, that's mentioned, that uh, when someone writes a sefer, uh, there's an idea of weaving your parents' name into the name of the sefer itself. Um, naming your pa- a sefer after your parents is akin to naming a child after a parent. What? Birka Shmuel, so there's a number of examples. This Birka Shmuel is one of them. Um, uh, the Noida Yehuda, Noida Yehuda, his name was Yehuda, was not one of his names of the Noida Yehuda. The Noida Yehuda's name was Rabbi Cheskel Landau, Halevi, of Prague. That was, that was the Noida Yehuda. Um, his father's name was Yehuda. And he has another sefer that he wrote called Itzlach. Itzlach is Tzion Lenefesh Chaya. Chaya was his mother's name. So he named Itzlach after his mother, he named the Noida Yehuda after his father. And that's this idea of Kibbutz of Eim and naming Svarim after one's parents, uh, not just babies, not just kids, but Svarim. You know, Svarim uh, is, is, is uh, you know, you produce Maisim Toivish Tzadikim Hein Hein Toldoi Seim, right? What you produce is, is called your Toldoi, it's called your kids. So that's another form of Kibbutz of Eim after, after the passing of one's parents is to not just name kids, grandkids, after grandparents, but to name Svarim, to put, put uh, your parents' name into your safe or somewhere. What? Mavaser Toiv. The Mavaser Toiv, yes, Noch Vemen. Oh, Mavaser Toiv, name of the uh, the the the, the Raman, it's a safer from the Ramanish Rebbe, the father of Unzer Rebbe. So Taka, named after, has his father's name and his mother's name. They're in the safer. Taka, and that's that's the Azavius Darts design. So that's that you you see that you see that people will put their parents' names into their swarm and into their kids. That is a form of Kibbutz of Aim also, La'achar Meyev Esrim. So there's an idea, this is, it comes up in a number of places, this idea of doing Kibbutz of Aim after the departure, after 120 one's parents. And then we come back to the one that the Shulchan Aruch mentioned. The Shulchan Aruch, for some reason, only brings down one example over here, but these other ideas are, are mentioned in other places. The one that Shulchan Aruch brings down is you say, Hareni Kaparis Meshkavai, for the first year. After the first year, then you say, Zechrena Levracha. Hareni Kaparis Meshkavai, a person says during the first year of his parents' departure, and what that means is, as the the Nisa can bring down over here, the the, the Rashi's Masbur and Kedushin. What you're saying is that um, you know the first year is when they get the Yisurim in the Olam HaEmes, and uh, where they have to burn off and, and make atonement for anything that they did wrong over here. Then they're able to go into the Olam HaNeshamas and to Gan Eden. So during that year, you're saying I should, you know, all the suffering that they should get should come unto me. Hareni Kaparis Mishkavai. I am going to receive all of their Einshim. I'm going to receive all of their Yisurim. And you say that for the first year, there's a, even though we only say Kaddish for 11 months, because we don't want to neman that they're a Russia or Rishayim have a, a, a din for 12 months, we stop Kaddish at 11 months, but as the Nice Kalim already explained, there's no, you can't say Zechon Levrachi yet because it's not post-12 months, we don't want to say something that's Sheker, and you cannot say anything, I'll keep it up, so you say, I am going to, all the Einshim that they should get, that they're supposed to get, should come out to me. Harini Kaparis Meshkavai, Rashi says, what? Rashi says that what you're saying is everything that they're supposed to get 
I should get all the Einshim, all the Shlechtas, and all the Einshim that they, they're supposed to get in Gehenim, I should get them. So Rabbi Max is asking a good question. So why is Rabbi Max asking? First of all, he's asking, but you're really supposed to do that? I mean, what, if you, what if your father was a bum? Well, he was a mamish a bum. You know, and, and, and uh, who knows what kind of Gehenim he's supposed to be getting. Really? Let's keep it up. Maybe to do that. Second of all, we know that we had this number of times already. It's going to come up again this morning. There's one of the basics, and keep it up, aim, is it's Mishela Av, not Mishela Ben. I don't even have to spend my own money on my father's covet. I have to suffer, I have to, I have to put myself in pain, I, I have to be Mitzar myself, I have to re- get his Gehenim. If I don't even have to sign, write out checks for my father, why do I have to write out spiritual checks? Why do I have to get his Gehenim if I don't have to pay money for Kibbutz Aim? Right? It seems to go against the, the notion of Kibbutz Aim. And there's a third question, which is really linked to something that we discussed, uh, I think, about a year ago. Um, Parshas, uh, I think it was a Sunday morning program, actually. Parshas told us, we talked about Alai kill Lascha Bani. When Rivka convinces uh, Yaakov Avinu to go get the brachas, and Yaakov is afraid that, that Yitzchak is going to get all upset, Yitzchak is going to curse him, so Rivka says, Alai kill Lascha Bani. Don't worry, I'll get the punishment, not you. Punishment go on me. So we discussed the question a year ago, can you really do that? Can you get someone else's punishment? Does that work? We know, let's say, I was going to take Rabbi Max as an example. I need an example of someone who, who theoretically could be punished, not Rabbi Max. You know, someone who, let's say we have Mr. Pliny over here, who is a, you know, a bum. We have a guy, a guy who was a bum. And I feel bad for this guy. I want him to get up. It's a little bit of Eilam Habo. So I say, you know what? I'll take, I'll take uh, 25% of his Gehenim. 25% of his Gehenim I'll take. You know, we'll make a Gemach. We'll go around. You know, we'll make a Naskonis over here. Can we divide up his Gehenim? You, you take 25%. You take 25%. You take 25%. You take 25%. That way we'll get this Yid into Eilam Habo. Can you do that? So the, the Paiskim also, with a resounding, unanimous uh, outlook, they say, no, you can't do that. How do you get someone else to Gehenim? Gehenim is personal. It's personalized. Gehenim means, you know, suffering for something that this guy did wrong. How can I suffer something he did wrong? It's a tikkun for his neshama. What, what, what does that have to do with me? I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do his haveris. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I know that the Gemara says if you visit someone, you get one sixtieth. You can you take away one sixtieth. You get one sixtieth. But uh, I'm. I, that yeah, yeah. You were talking about more more einshim, einshim, einish, which is which is linked to um, to navir that that someone did. So in general, we say you can't do that. I mean, the same way you can't give your oilam habo away. You can't. You can't give away your oilam habo, right? Uh, I'm, you know, selling chunks of my Elam Haba. Anyone want 10% of my Elam Haba? You know, that, that right, so we'll start the bidding at. <laughs> no, so so you, you, you can't do that, right? You, you can't give away your Elam Haba, you can't give away your Gehenna. Maybe you can maybe make a Zuan partnership, but that's only Mikan Ve'elich, but give things away, Elam Haba and Gehenna, you can't do that. So that's the final question. How do you say Harry covers Mishkava? Yeah. Right. Don't the parents get some sort of scar from the child turning out the right way? Yes, they do. Shouldn't that offset a little bit or minimize? Oh, very nice idea. Okay, Rabbi Yosef, keep that idea on the side burner. Keep this idea on the side burner for a moment. Rabbi Yosef is saying, forget about accepting their Gehenna. But what about the fact that you know when we do something productive with our life, that should also that should offset that that should that should that should um, ameliorate sort of you know to a degree the Gehenna. 
Excellent point. So once, we're going to come back to that in a moment. So these are the questions over here on Harini Kapars Mishkova. Hey, Rabbi Max is so bewildered. Like, really, we're supposed to do that? He's take on all their suffering supposed to come to me? I don't know. Like, uh, the selfish part of us seems to not be so happy with that. Second of all, second of all, it goes against the the the, the bylaws of Kibbutz Avim. That's a violation of Kibbutz Avim. It's Mishal Ha'av, not Mishal Ben. I don't have to pay for my father's Kibbutz Avim. Why should I have to pay spiritually? Why have to pay? Why should I have to pay physically? And third of all, how, how does that work? You can't take someone else's Gehenim. It's their Gehenim. How do you suffer for someone else's Averis? It's not like, you know, credit. It's not like, like a knas, a violation, a fine that has to be paid. It's a tikkun that your neshama needs because your neshama did something wrong. Your neshama did it, not my neshama. How did my suffering work for you and how can I even get your suffering? So, uh, so, uh, Feinstein is one of the people who very, you know, vociferously believes that you can never take someone else's Gehenim. He writes that when you say Hari Kaparis Meshkavai, it's just like being nice. It's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, that's, that's the covenant. It's like, like, I wish I could do it. I would be prepared to suffer for my father. I would be prepared to take his Gehenim. I would be prepared to do it. That's what Ramesh yeah. Feinstein writes. When you can't really get his Gehenim. There is a day in that by Benchi, you still say Rachman is the father and mother. Oh, another example of Kibbutz Avim Lachar Moisai to say the Harachamon very nice, another example. Uh, so Ramosha writes that uh, when you're saying Harin Kaparis Mishkavai, it's, you know, uh, like a guzma. You're saying, I mechabit I, 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 I my father so much that if I could take his Gehenim, I would take his Gehenim. I would take it. But you can't. But that's what you're saying. It's, it's like, a, you know, being mechabitim, giving him honor by saying, I would be prepared to do that. Um, but there's a, uh, I saw, they, they bring down from, the, from uh, one of the Rishonim, actually writes a beautiful idea, which, which uh, we, we heard this, uh, it connects us back to what the, the point that Rabbi Yosef was making. They say from the B'Shem, the Maram Chalava, that he writes, he, he asks this question also, how can you say Harin Kaparis Meshkavoy, that I'm going to receive my father's Gehenim, you can't take someone else's Gehenim, it's your father's Gehenim, not your Gehenim, you can't, you can't, there's no, it's not, non-transferable. He writes, Haredi Kaparis Mishkavi is not saying he's Chaychaylikan Rashi. Because Rashi is the one that says, I want to suffer my father's suffering. So that you have to go like Ramosha, it's Lavdaf, you can't really suffer for your father, but you're saying, I'm prepared to. Maram Chalavo says a different approach. He says, Haredi Kaparis Mishkavi, I am my father's atonement, means all the Maisim Toivim that I'm doing, and all the Torah that I'm learning, and all the good deeds that I am using my life for, all the productivity, that's my father's biggest Kaparo. That's exactly what you're saying. Not that I would, so I'm suffering for my father, but fakir. Hareni kabar mishkavai. I'm trying with my life to give my father an atonement. That's what I'm doing. That's what you're saying with hareni kabar mishkavai. Yeah, there's a bro kara da'avua, bro mezaka aviv. The son has the, your maizim toivim, a person's maizim toivim, after 120, you have the power to give the father, the parent, or the mother an aliyah. And, and that's lakuliyam, that's unanimous. The person is productive as life, does toira mitzvah, maizim toivim. That is not leave for the neshama of the parents. Um, Why? Because in Shemayim, the fact that the father produced, if not just biologically, a son who's now you know, doing productive things with his life. So that's a schutz for the father. The father that, that, that can be seen in Shemayim as, as the father having a chalik in that, even if it's just a biological chalik. We double the so it's not both. We double, double. The son keeps it also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's like you know, sponsoring a breakfast, right? So the, the hamaytis that we made this morning and, and the, 
the energy that we had for the Sunday morning breakfast and learn program give us Torah. We're getting Talmud Torah, but that doesn't stop. You know, the, the Rebbe sponsored it for his birthday, and certainly this is chus, uh, you know, for the uh, a year of 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 Oisher, v'chavod, v'parnasah, v'shefa, shefa toy for the Rebbe. It does not a steer. It's not a steer. I can sponsor something. It's chus for the loimdim. It's chus for the mezakim. Yeah, not a steer. But, but that's a, it's a, so, so two ideas, so two, two different ideas that are going on when you say Harini Kapar This idea of saying it in the first year of, of a parent's passing, either you're saying, um, I would love to suffer for them, which is Ramosha taking the Rashi, or you're saying that my life, I'm, I really hope to be doing good things with my life, and, and my life, my productivity is a Kapar for them. My Hatzlacha, my, my, my Torah Mitzvah, that's, that's the Maram Chalava. Um, you don't hear people saying this so often. You know, people all the time, uh, unfortunately, you know, just in our neighborhood, there's like five people uh, that are within the first year now of their parents. Um, people, even, even Lumdim, you don't hear them so much saying Harani Kaparis Mishkava in the first year. You hear people saying Zechran Levracha, Olav HaShalom. Harani Kaparis Mishkava, you don't hear, but it's an explicit Shulchan Aruch, that that's what a person's supposed to say in the first year. You don't say Zechran Levracha in the first year, you say Harani Kaparis Mishkava. I, I can only remember one time I heard someone saying this. It was actually a Rebbe. When I was in Denver, my Denver years, we once had a visit from the Strup Cover Rebbe. Strup Cover Rebbe came to Denver and he feared Tish. He was there for a Shabbos. He was there in the yeshiva and he spoke in the yeshiva. And, and um, I don't remember what he said, but I remember that when he got up, he quoted his father and he said, Harini Kaparis Mishkavai. I remember he said, the Strup Cover Rebbe said, Harini Kaparis Mishkavai. It's Shulchan Aruch. It's before Shulchan Aruch. Um, the Eilam the, the, the is a little bit lax in this, and, and, and the Paiskim try to be Molamitzchus, why people don't say it. There is a, a day in the Rishonim that uh, you only say Harini Kapars Meshkavi when you're saying Torah in the name of your parents. So the, 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 they say that to be Molamitzchus, that okay, maybe like the, those Rishonim, that you only say it when you're, being, um, when you're saying Torah, so we're saying those Paiskim, and how often do you say Torah in the name of your father, um, your mother? Uh, so that's why the Minigadim is not saying Harani Kapar but even like that, when you're quoting Torah in the name of one's father in the first year, of how do you have to say Harani Kapar It's an explicit Gemara. And not only that, Lamaisa, you know, Shulchan Aruch doesn't go with this region. Shulchan Aruch goes with the, 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 the Stam Pshat that one always says Harani Kapar for the first year. So again, no one should have to be in this position, but Rahman Lassan, someone who is in the first year of the parents passing, should try to be Makaim Shulchan Aruch. It's a Shulchan Aruch, it's a Gemara. Harini Kapars Meshkavai. We'll just wrap up. We, we, we once again encounter this idea of having to deal with parents when, when it becomes difficult to deal with parents. Um, Shulchan Aruch brings down a very unfortunate situation. Mm. Someone whose parents are, are unfortunately losing their lucidity. They're, they're losing their, their faculties. They're, 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 they're just not the people that they used to be. It becomes difficult to deal with them. So Shulchan Aruch rules that if it's difficult for the son to deal with the parents, then the son is allowed to give them over to someone else's charge and care. Um, and this is, again, an application of the halacha that we saw, the principle that we saw, and we mentioned it again earlier today, Michel Ha'av, not Michel Ha'ben, that the, 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 um, the, um, the, uh, what, what, one of the, you know, elemental principles upon which Kibbutz is based is it comes out of the father's pocket, not the son's. And that's not just financially. That's not just physically, as we talked about in pain and suffering. It's emotionally as well. If kibbutz Aim becomes too emotionally challenging for a child, then the child at that point is exempted from kibbutz Aim. And that applies not just 
when you know it becomes uh, a burden, a burden emotionally, psychologically, when a child is difficult, when the parents are, you know, are become ex exceedingly, um, unfortunately, needy in many, many ways as they get, you know, into their, uh, you know, uh, more uh, pro progressed years, uh, you know, uh, towards the end of 120. But even if, as we mentioned, you can have a parent who who is just very emotionally difficult. You know, emotionally challenging for the child to have a relationship with his parents. It's an unfortunate situation, but again, it's unanimous over here. If a child has a parent that is just a, a very difficult, 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 what we call a toxic relationship, mamish a toxic relationship, and it's the, uh, the, the parent is unfortunately verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, and certainly if it's a physically abusive, a child is exempted from kibbutz of A. Because that's Mishal Av, not Mishal Ben. I don't have to suffer for kibbutz of aim. And unfortunately, that is a halach that sometimes has to be paskin. And the child has to know this without feeling guilty about it. The child has to know this without feeling that they're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. If being makayim kibbutz of aim becomes uh, an emotional, a psychological point of distress, at that point, the child is exempted. And it goes without saying financially. Just to wrap that up, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate halach to have to discuss together. But the hashkafa behind it is as follows. The hashkafa. The beautiful word, I mean, it's very straightforward, intuitive one. I heard this from Rav Yitzhak Berkowitz years ago. He explains, you know, the concept of Mishal Av, not Mishal Ben. Kibbut Aim is always, the bill is always footed, it's always paid by the parent, never by the son, both financially, emotionally, psychologically, physically. Why? Why is it that the terrorist structure, the Kibbut Aim, comes from the parent's cheshvah, not the son's cheshvah? Teretz is because we have an Umdana, we have an Anasahadi, we have... An, an implicit understanding that, that even if the parent has issues, whatever they may be, but be'etzim, what a parent really wants, whether they're in touch with this or not, whether they realize that this or not, but deep, deep down, a parent above everything else is there to produce children and to see their child's hatzlacha. Yeah. A parent wants to see their child be matzliach. A, a parent wants to see their child vaxois and make something of themselves. That's the parent's, you know, dream, goal, and, and hopes, aspirations for their child. The moment that child has to now funnel that energy back into the parent, that goes against the interests of the parents themselves. The parent didn't raise the child for all that energy to go back into the parent. I want my child to spread his wings. I want my child to produce something, to, 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 to blossom and, uh, and be matzliach. I didn't raise this child for the child to have to, you know, put all that right back into the parents. That's the, 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 the umdana that the Torah has in, in terms of setting up this halacha, Mishal Ben. Ultimately, the parent wants to see the child be matzliach. Ultimately, even if there's things going on on the surface that get in the way, toxicity and things like that, but the, 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 the reina outlook, you know, the undiluted outlook of every parent is, I, want my, I, I, didn't, I, I don't want my kid to have to be burdened by me. I don't want my kid to have to be weighed down by me. The, I, I produce the child for their hatzlacha, and hence we have this halacha, Mishal Av, Mishal Ben, that creates uncomfortable situations where this has to be applied. Again, it, they're very delicate situations. You know, one should always speak things out with someone to make sure we're not too hasty to pass. And, you know, is it too much for me? Is it not too much for me? Sometimes, you know, we go too much lakula. Or maybe we're just being lazy. Maybe we're just being, you know, too apathetic, too indifferent. Maybe we could push ourselves a little bit more. But again, certainly there's always this line beyond which we say, financially, emotionally, psychologically, physically, it's becoming, uh, it's coming off of my chesed. I'm suffering right now. At that point, one is exempted. And uh, we should be zaycha to be makayim kibud of aim ad mev es, and we should have good health with our parents, our children, all of our families. Rabbi Yisai till 120. And uh, thank you all for joining. Everyone have a wonderful week.